Wait a minute. All right, dude. Uh, brother. Brother. Dude. Dude. Let me tell you something, brother. Huh? Huh? I can't this, do it. This, I can't do it. This is the Pit Viper episode, brother. God. If you can't tell by our choice of dialect in our open, um, it doesn't matter what you can tell. God. Um, Owen and I, as many of you very well know, uh, we're both wrestling fans. We both, you know, obviously, you I'm a wrestling fanatic. You're a nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd about it. Um, you're kind of getting indoctrinated into it, and this is a step in the right direction. It's very scary. We're both <laughs> wearing pit vipers recording this because, you know, uh, we needed a little bit more pizzazz. Now, pizzazz ain't the right word there. Hold on. Let me th- let me think of something. A little bit more word. juice. A little bit more juice. A little go. bit more, you know, voltage. A little bit more electricity. If yes, No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> with that. What? Please, no. What? Owen. What? I got something to talk to you about. What? It's college football. What? We're watching college football this weekend. What? My name's Cole Connor. What? You're Owen Sapelnik. What? This is the Panther Pod. What? If you smell what the panther pod is, cook it. Lord of mercy. Are we gonna get uh copyrighted? Uh I don't we've kept it under like sixty seconds for all the references. Have we? I we'll figure it out in court. Anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> now nah, we should be please, fine. Hey, please send some of that if we get a court, you know, this court uh Triple H, please don't sue us. Yeah, please. But also, if you do, just send some cash uh, to Panther Pod on Venmo. We'd love, we'd appreciate it very much. Pot on Venmo. Lord of mercy. All right, let's don't get in. Don't look us up. We're definitely on there, but don't look us up. <laughs> um, let's get into it, man. Um, starting out, Big Twelve matchup: TCU, Kansas. TCU four and zero, coming off a of bye week. Kansas. They're not coming off a of bye week, my good sir. They just they're they walloped Oklahoma. Oh. You're thinking of Oklahoma State. Excuse me. <laughs> Which um, they didn't come off a of bye week either. I don't know who went on a bye week this week. For the Big Twelve? Tennessee went on a bye week this week. <laughs> don't remind me. Yep. Um but no. So TCU Kansas, TCU's four and one and in conference. That's why I was thinking because ah, they were Yes, 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 yes. Um no, TCU coming off that big victory uh, against Oklahoma, matched up against uh, number 19, Kansas Jayhawks. 5-0, and um, number 17, TCU. I mean, look, are we going to have the exact same uh, Jaden Daniels? Or uh, No, excuse me, that's my quarterback. There's too many Jays and Daniels this JT, year. Jaden, Jalen is the one you're looking yeah. for. Are we going to have the same Jalen Daniels that we had last week where Kansas barely, barely squeaked by? Or are we going to have this uh, Jalen Daniels where, you know, start of the season, early run of dominance against, um, well, I I don't want to say it, but, I mean, Houston, Duke. You can't really say Iowa State because they 
they won 14-11, and Jalen Daniels did not show up to that West game. West Virginia. I was I was avoiding that one. I appreciate it, but it's there. It it's is. It's there for all to see. It is. Um, TCU, Borno, they beat Colorado, uh, which obviously isn't that big of a deal anymore. And they just stomped Oklahoma 55-24. <sighs> Yards passing, really they are fairly the same um, offensively. TCU is a lot more efficient. Uh, through the air, 297, and Kansas has 201. Uh, yards rushing, TCU, 251, Kansas, 218. Points allowed per game, uh, TCU's only allowed 22. They've scored 48.5. Kansas, 41.6 to 24. Oh, and these are two very high-powered offenses. Yes, <clears throat> and, and, you've got, and it's so weird to me because – They've given up. Both of them have given up over 300 yards of offense. Like they, their defenses have both have both given up over 300 yards. TCU has given up 368, and Kansas has given up 384. It is just wild to me that, like, Kansas has the scores to prove that oh they they've been giving up that many points. Because against West Virginia, they gave up 42. Against Houston, they gave up 30. Against Duke, they gave up 27. And then last week against Iowa State, they gave up 11. But it is just wild to me that TCU, they've given up 13. Uh, they've given up 17, 34, and then 24. Yeah, but and you would think. all those yards, but only, like, the offenses just can't, or the, their opposing offenses can't get it. Yeah, can't they score. can't find the red zone. Um, also, if you told me that TCU played Oklahoma and SMU and gave up 34 points to one of them, I would for sure put money on Oklahoma. Oh, for sure. No, that was against SMU, 42-34. Oklahoma, they beat down, 55-24. Yeah. Well, and my thing, too, is like this is supposed to be a down year for TCU in, under Sonny Dykes. It's not. It is not. <laughs> Max Duggan playing like a champ. Zero interceptions, 11 touchdowns, 70 for 94, 997 through the air. Jesus. Well, I mean, and you look at Jalen Daniels, basically the exact same stat line with one more interception. One more interception. Uh, Condre, uh, I think it's Kendra, Kendra Miller for TCU, 51 carries, 386 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, Devin Neal. Uh, for Kansas, 49 carries, 333 yards, four touchdowns. And think about this, too. How many rushing yards does Jalen Daniels have? But yeah. both of these quarterbacks can run because apparently Max Duggan can also run. He was very mobile this uh, this past week against um, what we thought was going to be a top-ranked defense at yeah, the start of the season. Yeah. It's oh, – dude. I Wild. cannot believe – if you had told me – at Week the, one that we were covering TCU and Kansas because Kansas is five and zero and TCU is four and zero. No, I thought yeah. TCU would have been zero and four and Kansas would have been zero and five. Yeah. Owen, who's your pick? Rock chalk, uh, rock chalk Jayhawk. Oh God, dude, you've fallen far. <laughs> I look. Here's the thing. I don't like to say it. I don't like to say it because I don't like choosing the team that beat me. But I kind of want to see Kansas roll on. So, for that reason, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby. 
Yeah, I mean that pained me a little. That pained you a lot. I can, I, I well, I can't see it in your eyes because you're wearing pit vipers, but. I mean, I, I can see it in your facial expression. That pained you. And TCU is favored by 68% to win this game. Uh, yeah, I'm going Kansas because it's home field, and I want to see Kansas roll on a little bit. I mean, at this point, you might as well just go all in. Like, if they take a loss, I'm just going to be upset. You know, like, well, great, here we go. You know. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going TCU. TCU? Yeah, I think TCU gets the ups. Oh, and – Honestly, it's not an upset. No. TCU's ranked higher. TCU's um, favored to win. Favored to win by six and a half. The spread is, uh, yeah, I was getting ready to say TCU's favored by six and a half. Uh, you think they cover? Yeah, for sure. I, as as high-powered as these offenses are, I think it's going to be a boat race. and It's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a boat race, but I think it's going to come down to a kicker. I think it's. Fair I enough. think it's by three. Kansas has to go kick a game-winning field goal to beat TCU. Uh, they definitely, I would say, between these two teams, hit the over sixty-eight. Oh, for sure, sixty-eight. Yeah, no, they're they're hitting. If they because, don't hit the over, that's going to be a boring football game. Because I believe that they can at least get to forty each. Each. Yeah, I think they could get to forty each. It's I'm, definitely going to be like a. It's definitely going to be like a forty to thirty-seven type of game. Yeah, it's going to be an old school Big Twelve. Yeah, yeah. 42 Kansas wins with a field goal. Um, I'm going to say forty-two thirty-five. TCU takes it. <clears throat> oh, interesting. Yep. This is also going to be a game day game. Oh yeah. So uh, also high noon. High noon kickoff. High you noon love kickoff. It. Uh, game day covering this game. I'm. Dude, I mean, I, I can I can watch the start of this game because it's gonna be at halftime for our game because it's not a night. Is it is eleven a.m. Eastern or twelve p.m. It's eleven a.m. Eastern. That's Are the you last sure? time I saw. Because sometimes the Big Twelve. Posts, no, it is twelve p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I was getting ready to say because you're because Baton yeah. Rouge is a uh, an hour behind. Yeah. In that central time zone, Big Twelve does this all the time for West Virginia games. They say always say eleven a.m. kickoff, but it's Central Time, not Eastern. Gotcha. Yeah, so twelve p.m. So yeah, you're 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 going to be watching. I will be, be flipping back the screen. And forth. Yeah. yeah, I'll be back and forth. Um, next up, we have the Red River Shootout: Texas and Oklahoma. Horns, Horns down. down. Horns down. Horns down. Horns down. Horns down. Um. Look, I'm going to be honest. Texas has fallen off. I'm sorry, what? I understand. I get it. Texas has fallen off. Owen? They very well could be 4-0. UL Monroe won. Lost to Alabama. By one. By one. Still a loss. UTSA, forty-one twenty. Okay, now Texas th- Tech, thirty-seven thirty-four in OT. West Virginia, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. Um, but no, and you you see where I'm going with this, right? I have no idea where you're going with this. All right, Texas has beat the teams that they were expected to beat, with the exception of West Virginia. No, they were expected to beat well, West I mean, Virginia. You know, Owen, I'm I'm trying to be nice. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. But okay. 
either way. They they beat the teams that they were expected to beat. They have not upset anybody. And they lost to Texas Tech in overtime. Texas Tech, by the way, is 4-1, and one, though. I understand that. I get it. I do. Texas is exactly where they were last year. They're all hype. You think so? Yes. I think they they are filling in on the hype. They're feeling the hype and the hype is getting to them. I'm saying like they're 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 not they're they're they're, they're they are so far playing up to the to the hype. I feel I feel like. Yeah, but they're 3 and 2, 1 and 1 in conference. One and one in conference, but remember, they almost beat Alabama. They they lost by one. Oh, Texas Tech is also, I think, a decent team this year. I, I would agree with that. And you've got to remember, too, they're banged up. They don't have Isaiah Nair, and they didn't have Quinn Ewers. This week, they will have it. More than likely, they're going to have Quinn Ewers. I understand what you're saying. I really do. But I do not want to give Texas any more credit than they give themselves. Because if it were up to Texas, they would book themselves in the national championship every single year. They for sure would. Because they're they're the best team. Absolutely. Yeah. However, I think Oklahoma would as well. People sleep on I Oklahoma. agree. People, I I agree with that. People sleep on Oklahoma a lot in the fact that they're like, oh, they're out of the two. Oklahoma's the like more nice, sincere one. No. Texas is the one in your face, like, yeah, national champs every year, baby. And then Oklahoma's like, yeah, I mean, we'll probably win the national championship, but it's what how many playoffs? No how many playoff wins does Oklahoma have? None, exactly none. But they expect to be at the national championship every year. Oklahoma fans and this they year never are thought they would go to the national championship or at least go back to the Big Twelve championship after their entire team turned over. Yeah, they're not only trying to change. Number one, they lost their coaching staff, their entire coaching staff. They lost. Caleb Williams, they uh, – <clears throat> I'm trying to think who else. But they lost Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. Yep. They lose multiple others on their defense to the draft. And then they lose uh, – gosh, I can't think of his name. He was a running back. Over a 1,000-yard rusher as well to the draft. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing I will say on Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams both departing. Dylan Gabriel has stepped up. Yeah, but Dylan Gabriel's hurt this game, though. He's still under concussion protocol. Dang, I did not know that. Yep. So, and... And Quinn Ewers is coming back. And Quinn Ewers is coming back. And B. John Robinson is healthy yep. somewhat. Xavier Worthy is healthy. Mm. Roshan Johnson is in, is in the backfield as well for Texas. How are we both about to pick Texas? Before we do, let's give a big... Horns, horns down. down. Um, <laughs> Horns down for but sure. But I'm be honest, man. If Quinn Ewers comes back, and I mean Hudson Cards played played decent as well. Yeah, I mean he's 74 for 107, 923 yards and six touchdowns with one interception. With one interception. Uh, Bijan Robinson's really been carrying the team on his back. 88 carries for 515 yards, eight touchdowns. Xavier Worthy, 21 receptions, 331 yards and three touchdowns. Mm. Dylan Gabriel though. 85 yard or 85 for 133, 1,215 yards with 11 touchdowns and interceptions in week six. In week six, 
I and mean, then, if both of these teams were healthy fully, um, the only thing that Texas has over Oklahoma is B. John Robinson versus Eric Gray. Eric Gray is not on the same level as B. John Robinson. No, let's just be real. Absolutely, sixty-six not. carries, four sixty-three touchdowns. Sure, great stat line for week three. Yeah, this is week six. Yeah. Now, granted, Oklahoma this year has favored the air. Yeah. Clearly, I mean, you don't get one thousand two hundred fifteen yards through the air, but Dylan Gabriel's out. Yep. Did not know that. Um. Dylan Gabriel's out, concussion protocol, and we saw what they had last week against TCU. It wasn't much after Dylan Gabriel gets knocked out. Texas is favored by seven. They cover, and they're going to win outright. I think think they win by at least two touchdowns. I'm going to say they win by ten. Fair. Okay. So, two-possession game for both of us. two-possession game. Two-possession game for both of us. Um, Two-possession game for both of us. Texas right now is favored 68.2% to Oklahoma, who is 31.8%. Uh, ESPN has Texas winning this game. Vegas has Texas winning this game. It's in Jerry World. Of course it is. Um, and here's the thing, though, is like Texas, they're only giving up, on average, 366 yards. Oklahoma, giving up 423. Uh, however, though, Texas's offense is averaging 417 yards of offense. Yeah. So if you line those stats up, you know Oklahoma comes out on the on the on the better end of that. They deal. come out on the better end, yes. But Texas's defense is better. Texas's rush game is better per game, mm-hmm. um, just because of Bijan Robinson. Now, granted, Oklahoma 220 versus 154. The stats don't show it. But if you tell me that Oklahoma's rush game is better than Texas right now, no, I'll laugh in your face. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think this year we're looking at a three-loss Oklahoma. Mm. We are looking at a three-loss Oklahoma who doesn't even get a chance to sniff – doesn't even get a chance to sniff at their chance or their possibility of getting to the Big 12 championship game. Good. Very good. Uh, they very well could be a four-loss Oklahoma team as well. So, and uh, who's that fourth loss come to? I think it comes from Oklahoma State, too. Probably. Uh, Oklahoma still has to go play Baylor. Could this be a five-loss team? Yeah. Oklahoma still has to go play Kansas. Could this be a six-loss? What? How wild of a year. Just imagine this, Cole. Kansas is is, the powerhouse in the Big 12. It is Kansas's time. Kansas wins the Big 12 championship. Oh, after knocking off TCU <gasps> to go on undefeated Kansas goes on to play for a national stop, championship. Stop, stop, no, stop, stop. Are stop we talking, talking national champs, Kansas Jayhawks? Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby. Dude. Oh, my God. Dude. Now, That's insane. Not, now, we're not saying that, but... I will tell you this. If it is a Kansas... If it's a Kansas-Alabama... Nobody is pulling for Alabama, and everyone... The only people pulling for Alabama is Nick Saban and Alabama fans. Yeah. Everyone else is pulling for Kansas. Yeah, 100%. Now, we're not a no, God, no. championship. God, no. We'd be crazy. But let me tell you, Kansas... I'm Bill, here for it. 
And Kansas better lock down Lance Leopold. Yeah. Because you've got one. You have lightning a in a bottle. You have lightning in a bottle. You have yeah. lightning in a bottle. So I'm I'm impressed. And it, and what and the great thing about um, Lance Leopold is too is like okay he was at uh, Wisconsin Whitewater won multiple multiple national championships down there in D three, um, and then comes up to Buffalo turns that program around mm-hmm. while he's there, and uh, and then gets hired at Kansas and now look at Kansas. Yeah, this is wild. This is one of the biggest turnarounds. I've ever seen in college football. And it's happening so quick, too. And it's happening. But you're also seeing it with teams like Texas Tech and TCU. Mm-hmm. Who are on? Who are under Texas Tech. Joey McGuire's first-year head coach. Now, Sonny Dykes is not a first-year head coach, but this is his first year as head coach for the TCU Horned Frogs. Um, this, is, this is wild. And I'm here. I wish this was – college football is great every year. Don't get me wrong. But I love. I it. wish it was this year. I wish every it was like. I year. wish it was 2007 and two and now 2022 every year. But I'll take college football for what it's worth. Um, I'm loving it. Uh, now we might actually get copyright claims. <laughs> um, speaking of another team on the up and up that I was not expecting at all, UCLA. Ah yes, Utah. UCLA, 3.30 on Fox. Now, you might be wondering, why did the Panther Pod pick this game? Let me put it to you plain and simple. Utah is 4-1. UCLA is 5-0. Again, if you would have told me that our Week 6 games were included TCU, Kansas, and Utah and UCLA, I'd have laughed at you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've been like, no way. In a dream scenario. Yeah. In a dream scenario. Dorian Thompson-Robinson has put this team on his back. Oh, for sure. He's another one, just like Jalen Daniels, can run the ball really, really well, but has over 1,000 yards passing, mm-hmm. is 104 for 140, 11 touchdowns, and a single interception. Is this back – is this – kind of showing the UCLA pipeline of quarterbacks to the NFL that it again. Used to, that it used to be. Yeah, back in the 70s, the 80s, LA and 90s. schools are rolling this year. Yep. Um, I cannot wait for USC-UCLA. That's going to be a game that's actually – that's another thing that college football has been missing is those two teams mattering on the national yep. stage. But besides also, basketball. Besides basketball. Because when's the last time that USC and UCLA actually mattered in a game? When USC and Texas played for the national championship? Yeah, like two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, no, not two thousand seven. It was um, two thousand five or two thousand two thousand five, two thousand six. Yep. So when Vince Young was still playing at quarterback, yep. so and it, now you're seeing basically every college quarterback is a carbon copy of Vince Young. Yeah, because it's required. You have to yep. have a dynamic dual threat quarterback to win a lot of games this year. So, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I mean, obviously, you know, we covered his stats. Cameron Rising for Utah. Also stud. 95 for 139, 11.53, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. Stud. Stud. Absolute stud at quarterback. And they had that slip up at the Swamp with Florida. But, you know, it it happens. Florida's also a decent team under yeah. Billy Napier this year. Came yep. within a touchdown of losing to Josh Heupel in Tennessee. Oh, my God. Um, I'm 
this is something Pac-12 football. It's so funny. It, it it's really it really is funny. When last year there was not a lot of I think we we were even crapping on Pac-12 last year. We for sure were. We for sure were because other than Oregon and Utah, who was it going to be? BYU. BYU. It was BYU because <laughs> BYU beat both teams. Yeah. You know, uh, and you and Utah just absolutely obliterated Oregon twice. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's this year. Could this be a, pa- a preview of the Pac-12 championship game? Yeah. Because remember. The Pac-12 is taking the two best teams this year, like the Big 12 does. You're still in your divisions, but it doesn't matter. Both teams can be from the Pac-12 South. Both teams can be from Pac-12 North. Yep. It does not matter. So this very well could be a Pac-12 championship game. I think it depends on how USC finishes out the season. I think it does. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, is USC has to go to Utah. Yeah. Uh, I think UCLA has to go. Let me look up their schedule. UCLA here. has to go to USC. UCLA, no, USC is going to UCLA in the oh, Rose Bowl. Oh God! Yeah. So, but and see, that's another thing. Is the Coliseum in the Rose Bowl are two major best fields, be, best like stadium historically, his, historically Olympics, Super Bowls, college yeah. football playoffs, uh, bowl games, obviously because you yeah. have the Rose Bowl, and, it, and it's been such a shame since these two stadiums have not been sold out whatsoever, and now they're finally like... Well, UCLA is definitely not. <laughs> UCLA is definitely not. No, I watched that game. I watched that Washington game. Sad. And it was sad. It was very sad. More people than I expected, but it is sad. Yeah. But that's that's partly because if you, if you want your stadium to be sold out, you have to be... The guy, you have to be the team in LA. You got to be the man. Because, and but also, it's really hard this year. LA, the Rams just won the Super Bowl. They are the team in LA. Yeah. Now they're struggling a little bit this year. Well, <laughs> that's different. The Dodgers are now in the, and they're in the playoffs. So, oh, don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> your Bruins aren't in there, and my Red Sox aren't in there. So there's that. But the Dodgers are in there, and then the Lakers are what the Lakers are. You know, that's just. Yeah. Um, Do you see Russell Westbrook once out? Oh, yeah, I saw that. A lot of people I, – I know you don't watch basketball. No, I don't watch but basketball. But, yeah, I mean, I have saw it come across my screen that Russell Westbrook once Anyway. Out. But, anyways, you have to be the top team in there. And it used to be UCLA and USC were the top Absolutely. two teams. And with Lincoln Riley and Chip Kelly, apparently they're looking like it. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I was real doubtful about UCLA after seeing that, that close win against uh, South Alabama. And just their close wins in general, like their non-conference game, was weak, and they looked weak, okay? They, let's see, yeah, one by one in a close game against uh, South Alabama. But then, I mean, that's the only game that I was really like, ugh, I don't think they're any good. But South Alabama has been a decent group of five team this year. Yeah, South Uh, Alabama, I mean, Washington, they won by one possession, 40-32. But... Washington, Washington, who was four and zero at the time and stomped what we thought was a good Michigan State team. Yeah, well, obviously that's not coming that's true not, to fruition yeah. this year. R. But R. still, Washington very well can be is still in the mix for the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. So, I'm. I mean, I'm here for it. Pac- something's in the water in the this Pac-12 West Coast. This, year. this is what West Coast football used to be like. Yeah. You know, it was USC, UCLA, sometimes Washington, uh, Oregon was kind of there. Yeah, Stanford was always hanging around a little bit, but this this was West Coast football. So I'm excited for this game. Um, the spread three and a half. The over under sixty four and a half. 
Utah is favored. Utah is favored by three and a half. Across the board. ESPN picks Utah. The spread picks Utah. And you know what? I'm picking Utah. You're picking Utah. As much as I would love to see an undefeated USC and UCLA, that's not going to happen this year. Utah's going to knock them off. I'm going to pick UCLA. Ooh. I'm going to go with the Bruins. We have not agreed on we, a single game. No, no, we did. We agreed on oh, Texas. Oh, we did agree on Texas, yes. What a sad game to agree on. <laughs> I know. Um, I I think the Bruins can pull it out. I, I think you walk in, USC walks in. Now, what I would be up I, – I don't know if I want USC. I think they will win, but I don't know if I want them to win. No. If you get, get what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. Is Utah – like the thing with Utah is – that would ultimately destroy their playoff hopes. Yep. Keeps UCLA's alive. But my my issue is is like I don't want to see UCLA and USC do well because they screwed over the Pac twelve. Yes. And I don't want to see a conference die. No. You know, after after seeing what happened to the big like there are massive ramifications after seeing the Big East split up. So we're still seeing those ramifications. We're still seeing today. those. Yeah, we're still seeing those ramifications today. So I, th- I, I don't want the soon-to-be Big Ten schools to dominate, but it's going to happen. Like, but I do like seeing UCLA it's, do yeah, well, though. It's it's exciting football to watch in the moment, but it's sad knowing that these two Pac-12 powerhouses they're going to leave in two years. They're leaving in two years. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think UCLA wins. Um, I think it's a close game. I do, I do think they cover, and I think three, three is what it's going to come down to, or maybe even uh, they either they either cover or UCLA wins by a point. Um, okay. Um, yeah, it's it's not going to be it's not going to be a boat race. It's going to be a good game. It is going to be a very very good game. Um, speaking of another good game, well, maybe not a good game. Um, number sixteen BYU, four and one BYU takes on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the two and two unranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Okay, this is complete bullcrap. Yep, that's e- what I was going for. Nope, this is complete and utter bullcrap. Absolutely not. ESPN has Notre Dame winning by uh, by Notre Dame is favored. Notre Dame is favored. ESPN says that Notre Dame has a 70% chance of winning this game. Absolutely not. No freaking way. It should be the other way around. It should be the other way around. Absolutely not. This is... No, that You've got upset. probably one of the best quarterbacks in the nation in Jaron Hall for BYU. 120 for 171, 1,438 yards, 12 touchdowns, one interception. Against... I don't even know who Notre Dame's quarterback is. Didn't I normally always know who Notre Dame quarterback is. Drew Pine. Drew Pine. 44 for 63, 459, six touchdowns, one interception. That's pitiful. That is absolutely pitiful. You don't even have a good – well, you, ha- you have a halfway decent running back in Audric Esteem, but, I mean, 54 carries, 264, and four touchdowns. Bijan Robinson – and I- I'm sorry to keep bringing up Texas – Bijan Robinson. Horns down. Yeah, horns down. 
Um, 88 carries, 515, and eight touchdowns. Eric Gray, 66 carries, 460, and three touchdowns. His production is nowhere near what it should be. No. With that amount of touches. Nope. Um, I mean, Notre Dame is is it, they're not bad this year. They're, they're not, not making the playoffs. Dame. They're not Notre Dame. No. Um, th- dude, this is. BYU, I'm picking BYU to win now, this game. I'm definitely picking BYU to win this game. This is this is the no-brainer pick of the week. BYU. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, they're not covering the spread. BYU is winning by two touchdowns, I'd say. I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. Or ten points. I think yeah. it's a two-possession game either way. Yeah. I mean, dude, points per game, Notre Dame gets – Notre Dame is on average getting scoring twenty five points per game. They have they're they're on a I don't know they have a positive on that by one. They allow twenty four points per game. Now, granted, they are on a two game winning streak after starting out zero and two, dropping to Ohio State, and then they lost to Marshall. Yep, I think that loss to Marshall was a wake up call. Uh, yeah, because then they turned around and they beat Cal 24-17. Not a bad Cal team, but kind of a bad Cal team I mean, this year. Cal has been good since uh, Marshawn Lynch and Aaron Rodgers were there. I'll agree with that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, they turned around, they beat Cal 24-17, and then they beat UNC 45-32. The problem is... UNC's not where they need to be this year. No. They are 4-1. They are 4-1, but no. No. Um, BYU, first three games of the season, 50-21 USF. 26-20 over Baylor, a very good Baylor team this year. Baylor's no longer ranked, though. They're 3-2. One of their losses come to a very good BYU team. Yep. And to also uh, somebody who's in the hunt for the Big 12 championship, Oklahoma State. Absolutely. Their one loss is against, number uh, at the time, number 25, Oregon, 41-20. Yeah, which we were very surprised about that one because we yeah. thought BYU would win that one. Absolutely. Uh, and then they they beat Wyoming 38-24, to and then they beat Utah State 38-26. to yeah, I'm picking BYU. I'm for sure picking BYU. Uh, you think they? Do you think they? Um, excuse me. Do you think they cover? Oh, we already talked yeah, about that. Yeah, no, I mean, we do, for sure cover. Do they think you? Um, they make the over. Yeah. Um, not if Notre Dame is unproductive on offense. Fair. I Fair. think if if Notre Dame turns out and says, "Hey, I'm going to win this game," mm-hmm. and BYU says, "Yeah, okay, that's cute. Yeah, that's fun." Cool. Now it's actually competition. No, personally, I think the over under is a little high at fifty one and a half. I agree. I, I would probably bump it down to like forty eight, something like that. You know, but I, I well, think and I I see why. I mean, in their last three games, Notre Dame posted twenty one, twenty four, and forty five, and in BYU's last three, they posted thirty eight, thirty eight, and twenty. So yeah. like realistic, but I agree with you. I think it should be a little a little bit lower. A little bit lower, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. BYU is a little bit more stout on offense, only not giving up 200 
across the board, they're not giving up 200 yards to the air, and they're not giving up 200 yards, 200 yards through the ground. Uh, Notre Dame's weak point is their secondary, giving up over 213 yards mm-hmm. on average. So, and with Jaron Hall, yeah, we know he likes to throw the ball. Yep. So. Why not? Throw the ball is an understatement. He likes to bomb it down he the field. He likes to chuck it. <laughs> it's backyard football for hey, him. chicks dig the deep ball. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, shout out, Shane Falco. Anyway, <laughs> um, our last game, that is not one of our games that we are covering this week. Um, underrated matchup on the ACC Network. Florida State and NC State. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I was I thought you're I thought you were pulling a fast one on me and going rogue. I thought you were going to talk about Tech, uh, Virginia Tech, and Pitt. No, God I, no. Because they're also on the on the ACC network. Woo. No, God Woo. no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, no, definitely an underrated matchup. Which I mean, we could talk about the Pitt and Virginia Tech game. No, if no, you want. we're not. We're not going to talk about the game. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, Florida State, NC State, uh, both teams four and one. I hate Florida State with all my guts because we would be five and zero oh if not for them. <laughs> um, anyway, um, NC State ranked fourteen. Florida State, honestly, you could make the argument that they should be ranked. They really should. You, you could we, make that argument. We talked about this on the Sunday show. Is they for sure? Well, here's the thing: if they're going to rank LSU, then they for sure need to rank Florida State because yes. Florida State beat LSU. Yes. And I hate that. I really do. But, I mean, it's the truth. It is. Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, both teams are great through the air. Uh, God, what's the quarterback? Devin Leary, he's 11-35, 10 touchdowns, 3 interceptions for NC State. Um, Jordan Travis, Florida State, 12-26, 8 touchdowns, 1 interception. Both have thrown the ball over 80 times so far. Treshawn Ward rushing, 67 carries, 437, three touchdowns. I'm not even going to attempt that NC State running back name because I'm going to butcher it. Oh, gosh. Demi Sumo Karngop. 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 Kungarbe. 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 Sumo Kungarbe. Sumo Kungarbe. 44 carries, 262, three touchdowns. Less yards, same amount of touchdowns. Less carries. I mean, points per game, Florida State, 34.2. Points allowed, 21.2. NC State, 32.8. Points per. Points allowed, 15.4. Wow. Yeah. They only NC allow 94 State's, rushing yards, too. Yeah. NC State's defense is up there this year. Tony Gibson. <laughs> yeah, Gibby. <laughs> Gotta love him. Gibby. Born and raised. West Virginia man. Um, NC State and Florida State both suffered their only loss of the season last week. Um, Florida State lost to number 22, Wake Forest, 31-21. NC State, <laughs> almost number identi- five. <laughs> they lost to number five Clemson, thirty to twenty. Almost identical. This scores. is scary. That's that's a little freaky. Not gonna lie, but it's interesting too because Florida State is getting uh, Clemson's cleanup crew. You know, like 
Clemson plays Wake Forest. Wake Forest loses. So then Florida State then goes plays Wake Forest. Clemson plays NC State this NC State uh, last week. This week, Florida State plays NC State. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to go with uh, NC State. I think NC State wins this game, and I think their defense is the reason they win this game. Go Wolfpack. <laughs> go Wolfpack. Look, we agreed on two games this week. We're doing good. We did that last week. All right, NC State. And we're keeping record, by the way, so when you hear us pause after we give a prediction. It's because we're typing it in a text message and sending it to each (laughs) other. I love the little sweat face that you gave for the Texas game. Yeah, because Texas sucks. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) NC State has a 60% chance of winning this game. According to ESPN. According to ESPN. The over-under is three. And I think they cover, I think, I think they hit it. I think NC State does. The spread, not the over-under. The spread. Okay. <laughs> talk about Same a, difference. Talk about a botched. Um, the spread. NC State is favored by three. I think NC State covers. And um, and I, I don't think they win it on a last-second field goal. I just think they kick the field goal like in the fourth quarter. Yeah, with to ice to, the game. To ice the game. Or just to spare or, – or just um, – uh, just and then they have time to, and then there's time to spare in the game and Florida State just can't get it done. So 24-21, NC State pulls out the victory. Um, I'm gonna say, man, twenty. I'm gonna say twenty-eight, twenty-four. Twenty-eight, twenty-four. Okay, yep. cool. So four point games instead of three. Interesting. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, over under. Over under. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, my prediction's okay, over. Over. Yeah. So I'm saying they hit the over. I'll go. Uh, I'm. I'm saying they hit the under. Obviously. Fair enough. <laughs> so, cool. Um, Owen, do you want to go first? Oh, 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 oh. Talk about a team who needed a bye week this week. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, this week, Ferrum takes on Hamden Sydney. This is not homecoming. The homecoming game. Uh, next week will be homecoming. However, they are having homecoming voting right now. So go. So if you are a Ferrum College student, go out and vote for homecoming king queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, no, I mean, look, Ferrum needs a win. They for sure need a win. What better team to start your first win? of the season against than uh not good Hampton Sydney team. Yep. They're feeling their graduating class. They're one and three, Ferrum's 0 and four. Ferrum needs a win and Ferrum needs to get their offense on the field after getting blanked by Shenandoah last week. It's not been a great um how should I say this? A great history against Hampton and Sydney for uh, Farrell, I almost said West Virginia there for a minute. Mm. <laughs> God, could you imagine? Currently, Hamden Sydney leads the series four to three. Last year, Hamden Sydney smoked Farrell forty two to twenty eight. Yeah, but that was on the back of Caleb Smith. Shout out Caleb Smith. Shout out right. Caleb Smith, <laughs> FCHS graduate. Uh, Farrell does better at home though. Yes, they're currently batting five hundred at home with a one and one record when it comes to Hamden Sydney. Uh, away is not looking great. They go one and three. Mm. However, in conference play, though, 
Farum is two and one. Obviously, uh, the uh, first matchup was back in 2011. Emory, uh, Emory and Henry. Oh my gosh, I have my schools all mixed up. Hamden Sydney destroyed Farum 38-14. Yeah. And but Farum does have the privilege of owning the largest margin of victory, which took place back in 2016, 42 to 20. So, you know, I'm the average points in this game, 27. 27 combined. Combined. Uh, I th- uh, for for Farum, Farum oh, averages okay. about 27 points when they play Hamden Sydney. Well. At least the offense normally shows up on the field. Yep. I mean, and this this is not us bashing Ferrum at all. If LSU or West Virginia was doing what Ferrum is doing this year, we would be saying the exact same Haven't thing. Haven't I already him. said the exact same thing for West Virginia? <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up. Yep. But yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Yep. 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 Um, but no. I I think a home game, getting back on track against Hamden Sydney to get your first win of the season. But it, it it I was talking with the football players today, man, and they said it's just it's hard. It's it's hard when you number one when you can't win games, but it's also hard when you have the opportunity to win games. Like last week, they were down in the red zone multiple times yep. and couldn't score. Got a turnover in the red zone. It's it's hard when you work all week and you bust your butt, and then you go out and you lose, and you're zero and four. Excuse me, you're zero and four the first yeah. You're zero and four for the first few weeks, or for the through the first five four weeks. weeks. Well, yeah, because yeah, they had a bye week last week. Yeah, but through or not last week, two weeks ago, through the first four weeks of the season. Yep. But you can turn it around here. Hamden Sydney is vulnerable, and then next week is homecoming. Finish four and one in October. Yeah, get to November. Get to November. Try to make it to the Big Twelve. Big Twelve. Jeez. Oh, oh my ODAC gosh. Postseason. Um, yeah, yeah, to the ODAC championship game. Lord have mercy. You can still do it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. You just got to turn it around. Got to turn it around. Um, and a lot of that just has to do with the fact that um, you lost so much talent. Either they graduated, or you know, T pin, Tomate pin. Transfers to Emory and Henry. Ouch. Go figure. Um, so, there's that. I think with Ferrum at home and Hamden Sydney vulnerable, I think Ferrum can finally get its first win this week against Hamden Sydney. Try to right the ship, and for the first time since 2000. 19 because they played in April of 2021 and then in the fall of 2021 for the first time since 2019. I think Farron is going to be able to beat Hamden Sydney in this game. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I mean, I think Farron turns it around this week. I think they get that first win and they go into the rest of their conference play schedule one and one. Um, I think Shenandoah was a fluke last week. I think our offense is good. They just need to capitalize on the opportunities that are presented to them. They, so. They've really, you know, they're doing well over overall offense. Like, since since the uh, LaGrange game, their offense has kind of shown a little bit of life. 
Obviously, they got blanked on at Shenandoah. You've just got to get it done in the red zone. Uh, total offense right now, they're putting up 265 yards. On average, their opponent's putting up 280 yards. It's just all about getting into the red zone and scoring. More than just three points, too. You've got to score more than just a field goal. Get into the end zone. Absolutely. Uh, rushing, they're not doing terrible. They're averaging 436 yards. But um, but let me tell you, their opponents are averaging 827. So it, it's really turning into a thing of boat race. Who who can get to fifty first? Almost, you yeah. know, very Big Twelve esque or former Big Twelve esque. Yeah. But um, well, and like we said in the TCU Kansas game, still very Big Twelve esque. Very yes, very Big Twelve esque. So Ferrum gets their first win of the week. Uh, first first win of the week. They first win of the season. First win of the season. And um, yeah, I, and finally turn the ship around, and then you head on to next week, man. And next week's gonna be a tough one. Homecoming game, that'd be one that you really got to win, really want to win, you know. Absolutely. So excited for that game. Uh, I think it's a one p.m. game. I'm I'm not for sure on that. I think it is one p.m. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, no, it's three thirty. Three thirty. Okay, cool. Later in the afternoon. Um. Yep. Farum, Hamden, Sydney. Farum wins this one. I wish they had like the the odds on favorite, like the bets and stuff on on this game, but I don't know if. Does anybody make the? We need to start doing that. We're we're gonna come up with our own model, and we're gonna create our own the Panther Pod model. The Panther Pod for our. <laughs> we just always favor LSU and West Virginia, no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we throw in a little bit of bias here, but that's okay. That's neither here nor there. <clears throat> Speaking of bias. Oh gosh. When I tell you that there is a conspiracy against the LSU Tigers, that this is a game being played in Death Valley against the number eight Tennessee Volunteers, and it is not a night game. Owen, it is not a night game. It is at 12 p.m. Eastern time. You know why it's not a night game? Why? Because you have Jimbo versus Saban in Tuscaloosa. That's why. I'm not saying it's right, but that's why. who, Who did you say? Who did you say? Uh, Jimbo versus... It doesn't matter who you said. (laughs) It doesn't matter. LSU used to refuse to play opponents at home during the day because night games in Baton Rouge are something different entirely. Do I still think we're going to win? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. LSU's winning this game. Our offense is too good. Remember, Am folks, I scared? Yes. Remember, folks, disregard his comments. This is a lot of bias on this game. My comments are the only ones you can trust. Hey, by the end of this, I'm going to have you convinced to pick LSU. Okay, give it to me. I want you to convince me. Jane Daniels in... You know, a world of Jalen Daniels, in a world of, you know, all the Vince Young imitators like Jaron Hall, um, Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson. You know, Jane Daniels may be the greatest quarterback of all time. You're losing me. 915 through the air, 
six touchdowns, no interceptions. Our leading rusher, you might have heard him. It's Jalen Daniels. 60 carries, 321. What? Three touchdowns. What? Our leading wide receiver? What? It's Jalen Daniels. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh. It's Malik Neighbors. What? <laughs> um, 22 receptions, 291 touchdowns. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Tennessee's a tough opponent. And if it was at Rocky Top, I, I would not be for near as excited as I am about this game. <clean throat> Tennessee's 4-0, 1-0 in conference. LSU, 4-1, 2-0 in conference. Our only loss was by a point to Florida State. Off of a blocked extra Do point. Do not want to talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, we stomp Southern, as expected, 65-17. We, I think that's fair to say. We stomped Mississippi State, 31-16. And it's they're a, ranked higher than us. It was a two-possession game. Whatever. The Lobos, done. Took care of them, 38 to nothing. Blanked. Auburn, 21-17. That one, I will say. I didn't know this. Y'all were up 17-0 at the half? Yeah. They came back. We put up four. Um, I think we put up four in the third. And that no, was it. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You were not up. You were, you, you were up. We were, um, I think three. we were up seven, or, uh, yeah, 17-14. In the half. Yeah. And then you scored a whopping seven unanswered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to seal the game. Tennessee's scary. Tennessee is very scary. I have talked about Tennessee with Herndon Hooker. Hendon. Hendon Hooker. Excuse me. Hendon Hooker. Herndon. Herndon. Um, You know what? No, I'm going to call him by the wrong name. Herndon Hooker, because Herndon is a stupid name, kind of like Hendon is. But anyway, um, 81 for 113, 1193, eight touchdowns. That's no Jaden Daniels. 89-131. 915, six touchdowns. That's just as good. That's just as good. Tennessee's favored by three. That's not going to happen. LSU's going to win by 10. LSU is going to win by 10. You heard me right. You heard me right. You absolutely heard me right. One thing I'm looking at. Tennessee no. has allowed. I'm not done yet. Okay, my bad, my bad. Tennessee has allowed 309 yards passing through the air. Their secondary, I think it's fair to say, is garbage. They've allowed 97 yards through the ground, granted. They have not played a mobile quarterback yet. They played uh, a... Not Adrian Peterson. Um, who? Gosh darn it! Who was Florida's quarterback? Oh, dag! Anthony Richardson. They played against Anthony Richardson. He's not good. He was. He was mobile. He's not good. He was mobile. He's not good. He was mobile. Anyway, LSU's winning this game hands down by ten. 
We're covering the over, and we're winning by 10. I'm saying 42, yeah, 42-31. LSU wins it. LSU gets it down. One thing that I, are you done now? Go Tigers. <laughs> um, one thing I'm looking at is LSU, y'all's defense has been giving up under 300 yards total. Yeah. 293. Get them. 184 through the air. Get them. 109 on the ground. Get them. However, you have not met an offense like the Tennessee Volunteers. Mississippi State. <coughs> Nowhere close. Florida State. <laughs> Nowhere close. Absolutely not. Florida State is not putting up over 500 yards of offense week in and week out. No one's going as fast as Tennessee is. And you and you want to talk about <laughs> how bad their secondary is? Yeah, their secondary <coughs> – Giving up over 300 yards through the air. However, they're only allowing 19 points per game, but LSU's, LSU's allowing, allowing 14. 14. Yes, LSU's allowing 14. Will this be a close game? In the beginning, I think it will be a close game. By and half then time. LSU is going to pull away with it. Thank you. By I half appreciate t- your support. By halftime. It will be close, probably tied. If you can keep Tennessee's offense wrangled in, you for sure have a excuse me, have a shot to win this game. ESPN thinks you have a fifty fifty eight percent chance of winning this game. Surprising That's all I need to, to know. Very surprising to me. Jalen Daniels, I mean Looks to be the real deal. Jaden. Jay, sorry. Jayden. Again, too many Jay Daniels. Yeah. Um, Jaden Daniels looks to be the real deal. Second coming. However, you have struggled against a bad Auburn team. And you – let's look at Mississippi State here. For the Mississippi State game, wasn't necessarily a struggle – but if we're looking at the box score, Mississippi State was up at halftime, thirteen to seven. <clears throat> yep. Then goes sixteen to ten. Then you score twenty one answered in the fourth quarter. You struggled. We do what needs to be done. You struggled the majority of that game. You struggled the majority of the game. If you struggle against L or against, <laughs> if you struggle against LSU. If you struggle against Tennessee, and I think there's a good possibility that you struggle against Tennessee, if Jaden Daniels cannot get going with his legs and has to rely on his arm. I'm not saying he's bad. He's he's not a bad pocket passer. It's not what I'm saying. However, it is incredi- It is very helpful that he is able to use his legs. And Tennessee oh, yeah, is, no, he can extend the play. To extend the play, yes. However... I believe Tennessee ends up not necessarily running away with it. They extend the lead, and Tennessee wins this football game. You're a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm. I, I think it's going to be a good game because LSU is going to put up big, uh, more of a fight than I think ten th- Tennessee is expecting. However, 
I would love to see LSU win. Don't get me wrong. This is one of those where I feel bad for not picking LSU. But personally, I think Tennessee wins this game. They're a good team this year, and I think there's a good possibility they could contend for the SEC East. They have to get through Kentucky first, and they have to get through Georgia. Georgia's the biggest test. But if they can't get through Kentucky, they're not going to get through Georgia. LSU's the biggest test of the season, and they're going to fail that test, son. So so far, they're that big. They're the bigger test. After LSU, Tennessee has to go on to play Alabama next week. Oh, <laughs> the uh, what is it? the The best, the third, the best third Saturday in October. Is that what the name of the rivalry yeah, is I called? Think it is, yeah. Um, that's in Knoxville. Uh, then they play UT Martin, who they should stop. Uh, then they get to Kentucky at home, and then they go on the road to Georgia. I'm telling you right now, I think Tennessee ends up running – Not, I'm going to say, I think Tennessee ends up running away with it uh, in the second half. I think LSU keeps them close in the first half. However, I think your struggles start to show up, and you, you go out this game four and two. I'm, I'm very not sorry. picking West Virginia the rest of the year. I hope you know that. I honestly hope you know that. I'm not picking West Virginia the rest of the year. I'm being petty. <laughs> I'm being. Well, this has been the Panther Pod, folks. I'm done. <laughs> say what you will. Say whatever you want. I'm done. You're going to say West Virginia loses in the bye week, too. <laughs> yeah. West Virginia loses by 14 in the bye week. Oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> Oh, what if it comes out at practice that the ones actually did lose by 14 in the bye week in a scrimmage? Brutal. Oh, uh, but no, here's the thing. You're, I mean, you're going to win more games. Y'all are going to be bowl eligible. I think you have. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I think you'll get to, I think you'll be eight and four this year. You have two more losses on there. And I think one of those is, let's see, who else do you play? I think, so the, we've I got... think the other two are going to be um, Ole Miss and. Uh, I, that could change, though, but as of right now, Ole Miss and Alabama. That could change, but I will tell you right now, I think it would – from looking at it, and I could change Ole Miss to – and it, I could interchange Ole Miss and Arkansas. It will be delicious. Just we'll, we'll have to get to those weeks first. I will say – LSU is so volatile, I think is a good word to say. Mm -hmm. Because, sure, we beat Mississippi State 31-16. We only beat Auburn by four. Yeah. A bad Auburn team. Yeah, a very bad Auburn team. Um, I hear you. I understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. You are not accepting them. I am not accepting them at all. Trust me, I will cheer on LSU in this game. West Virginia has a bye week this week, so we're not going to cover them. Um, will Country Roads be played on Sunday? Possibly. <laughs> but uh, For the third time this season. <laughs> <sighs> At least you didn't lose to anybody. Yeah. yeah. Just Kind of like you did to yeah, Texas. I don't want to hear it. Pitt. Uh, Kansas. Uh, <laughs> but hey, you beat Towson. Thank you. And Virginia Tech. So, I mean, there's Power 5. Yeah, but, I mean, um, come on. So, are, are we good on LSU? No, we're not good, but I understand oh, what I you're mean, saying. Are we, are we finished with I'm, this? I'm done with talking about LSU, yes. West Virginia goes into the bye week this week. 
Does your personal opinion, does Neil Brown get fired during the bye week? I don't think so. No. I think Neil Brown finishes out the season. Um, now, granted, it depends on who he drops games to for the rest of your schedule. Um, I'm going to be real. West Virginia did not do Neil Brown any favors scheduling this year at all. I mean, Baylor up next. Texas Tech immediately after. Well, that's not our fault, but, I mean, the non-con is what really... Oh, yeah, no. The non-con absolutely killed you. Yeah. Like, conference play this year is already going to be tough, and non-con, you only scheduled Towson. Yeah. And Pitt and Virginia Tech. Well, and... You're talking about... As I'm saying, like, non-con, as in, like, easy, should-be guaranteed wins. Yeah, games that you get all the kinks out of. Yeah, you only scheduled Towson. Which, granted, you did what you were supposed to do to Towson, 65-7. And we did well against Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech's a bad, bad team this year. Uh, They're one of the few teams I can think of right now that first-year head coach is not working out right now. You know? But... And, and, and see, that's one thing I want to get to as well, is I'm very frustrated with the with the lack of production that Neil Brown is giving on offense and just overall in the team. Brian Kelly, first year at LSU, and they're already and y'all are already four and one. Go Tigers. Joey McGuire gets hired halfway through the seasons after Matt Wells is fired last year. Gets hired halfway through the season at Texas Tech. They're four and one. Sonny Dykes gets hired at TCU. He's four and zero. Lance Leopold, five and zero after his. Se- this is his second year, second year at Kansas, and he's five and zero. Yeah. I just don't. I. I, I mean, like you're, these aren't even his recruits. I know, but that, that, that's what I mean. Some of them are. Some of them did come over from Buffalo, but that's what I'm looking at. Is you cannot tell me. And and this is – you cannot tell me that, like, firing Neil Brown halfway through the season is a bad thing because if you fire him at the end of the season, the coaches you're looking at right now could already be gone and hired somewhere. They could be hired at Nebraska. They could be hired – Wisconsin literally went 9-4 and four last year and they fired their head coach this year. Scott Frost to West Virginia? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. I, Shane Lyons needs to be fired at that point. Um, but here, here's my thing. is It's been four years at West Virginia, and you have yet to get West Virginia even votes for the relevant. AP Top 25. Or even relevant. Nobody, we, we, and, but to, granted, I can't blame Shane Lyons for the hire, though. He saw what, what Neil Brown did at Troy, beat LSU in Death Valley, and then he need, beat Nebraska. Who was halfway decent at the time? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I brought that one up for you, didn't I? <laughs> ooh, ooh, that was a stinger. Um, but I mean, I, you can't blame him. He had three ten-win seasons at there, and did well when all of his bowl games. I don't, I don't blame Shane Lyons for the hire. No. What I do blame him for is it's year four, and you're, and it's looking like we're going to struggle to get to another bowl game. With all the talent he has. This is why you don't give a contract extension in year two. No, unless they're undefeated, you know? Like, I would, I would have so, I would have absolutely understood if, all right, Neil Brown goes five and seven, 2019. 2020, he goes undefeated. 2021, or 2020, he goes undefeated. 
okay, I can get that. And even then, like 20, that, 2020, you could make the argument that he drops two games. Yeah. Or but three he, or four because it's the COVID year. Well, and yeah, in 2020, he did well in the COVID year. Got us to a bowl game, six and four. Actually ended up being seven and four. The only game we didn't play was Oklahoma because of a COVID situation. Okay, that was the first t- game we saw that had actual progression, and we were like, wow, this is this is what we're looking to see. 2021, you go six and seven. That's un- I'm not – like, I understand it's hard to win a national championship, and I understand it's, it's tough to win a conference championship. But you go from the Big East – where we were winning conference championships year in and year out. And I'm not, don't even talk to me about competition because there was good Pitt teams or good Virginia Tech teams. There was a, a Miami won national championships in the Big East. We were in the Big East in 93 and went undefeated with Miami at the height that they were at. Yeah. There was a good Syracuse team at the time, a good Syracuse program. Boston College was in and out. Uh, Louisville was okay in and there. Cincinnati was a good team for a while. Even UConn. UConn was competing for conference championships in the Big East. That's hard to imagine. Isn't it hard to imagine? But they were. You you go – and then obviously you have that stretch from 2005 to 2008 slash 2009 where you win four bowl games. And I understand Rich Rod kind of caught – I think we're, we're, we're seeing it. Rich Rod caught lightning in a bottle with Pat White and Steve Slayton. But then you go from winning all those conference championships and being dominant in the Big East, and not only are you doing that, but you're dominating on the national stage as well. You're beating Georgia. You're beating North Carolina. You were beating a good Georgia Tech team at the time. You were going to make a run. Uh, you beat a great, a good Oklahoma team with Bob Stoops in the Fiesta Bowl. You were going to make a run, going to go to the national championship had you beaten Pitt. I know, I know. Then you stomp all over Clemson in the 2012 Orange Bowl, go 10 wins there, and then you go to the Big 12 and look. Holgerson, I mean, at least he got multiple wins. I'm not I'm not advocating for him to come back because <laughs> I don't want him to come back. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I thought that's what you were about that's to say. That's not what I'm saying. Absolutely like I'd not. I'd rather Dana Holgerson than Neil Brown. Absolutely not. I Absolutely that's not. that's what the next words that were going to come out of your mouth. Absolutely not. Now, I wasn't really calling. I wasn't saying, hey, it's time for Holgerson to leave when he did leave. But it was time after some of the things he said about West Virginia when he was signing, when he was talking with Houston. So that, that rubbed us the wrong way. And he left on his own accord. He was not fired, you know. But, but, at least Holgerson got, had multiple winning seasons. Had two 10-win seasons, I think three nine-winning seasons, a couple of eight. I think he had two. You weren't, you, and in Dana Holgerson's defense, Mm -hmm. you were not vying for bowl eligibility. Bowl eligibility was the basement. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, we knew we were more than likely we were going to go to a bowl every year. Every year. You're like, now, yeah, bowl game. It's a question. And that's not okay. No. That's not okay. So, if Neil Brown is fired, and we're going to see how well I, – I don't want something like this to happen, though. I want Neil Brown to make me eat crow. I want uh, – that is more than anything, I want him to make me eat crow. Because if he makes me crow, that means West Virginia finished out incredibly strong this year. And when I say they finished out incredibly strong, they went Win nine undefeated. Yeah, they went. They won the rest of their games. Yep. That's what making me crow, eat crow is. Maybe eight and four, but even then, eight and four is a real disappointment to me. Yeah, because I mean, at the start of the season, you were saying ten and two. Yeah. 
And now, I mean, that's not that's not even feasible anymore because we've won, th- we've lost three games, we've dropped yeah. three games. However, though, I don't see that happening. But what I'm afraid to see is a seven and six season, or a um, six and seven. Six. It was six and seven. Yeah, but I'm afraid to see a seven and six season and Neil Brown go, "Hey, I got a winning record," and Shane Lyon goes, "Cool, you're staying." I don't want that because that's unacceptable. Just stressing to get to seven and six. No, I'm not. No, no, no. Because right now, West Virginia is at the bottom of the Big Twelve. That we currently have fifty uh, plus fifty thousand to win the Big Twelve. Mm. We are the bottom feeder right now in the Big Twelve. At at this point in the season, I think it's fair to say this: you're going to need outside help to win the Big Twelve. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Winning the Big Twelve is off unless we can get things cleaned up. Winning the Big Twelve is off the table. I'm more worried about can we get to a bowl game. But I'd, but like I said, I don't want us to get to a bowl game and then Shane Lyons be like, Neil Brown, you're staying. And then Shane Lyons try to convince West Virginia fans that, hey, he's again. a good coach. Again, that, hey, he's a good coach. He got us to a bowl game. No. We want, we've been in this league for over 10 years. We want a conference championship. Is that too much to ask? Apparently. Apparently it is. But we want a conference championship again. We want to be ranked. And I'm – if Neil Brown gets fired, here's some of the people I think would be a good fit. Ed Ogeron. That was the first name coming out of my mouth. Ed Ogeron. However, there's a lot of scandals, a lot of baggage yeah, that comes well, with Ed I mean, but like Ed O's also getting paid $17 million sitting on the couch. <laughs> I don't think Ed O's coming back anytime soon. <laughs> no, God, no. Until that contract money runs out, then he's going to kind of get back in there. Uh, Hugh Freeze at Liberty. Yeah. I think uh, if he can stay out of trouble, again – Scandals, he carries a lot of baggage with him. I think if Hugh Freeze can stay out of trouble, Hugh Freeze has reached out to Shane Lyons. His agent has reached out to Shane Lyons saying that if that West Virginia job does come open, Hugh Freeze is interested. Who's somebody else I'm looking at? Um, Somebody I'm not real high on, but I think would be an okay hire, is the defensive coordinator for NC State, Tony Gibson, who used to be the West Virginia defensive coordinator. Gibby. Gibby. Who used to be a West Virginia – who used to be – the West Virginia defensive coordinator under Dana Holgerson. Now, one of the reasons I'm not really high on Tony Gibson is because when, yeah, NC State's defense is doing really well right now. But when Tony Gibson was in the was with West Virginia in the Big Twelve, and granted, he was in there when it wasn't a defensive league. Like it was very much boat race. We're you have to put up fifty to win the game, you know. But. Like, tackling was just almost non-existent with him. It was like trying to bump into ball carriers and things like that. Missed tackles, different things like that was not. But it, but we still won games with him. Like, we still had, you know, we still had 10-3 and three seasons. Or 10-2 and seasons. Or not 10-2 and two seasons, but like 11-2 uh, seasons. Or something, you know, something along those lines that we had. Um, going to bowl games and different. I don't think we ever had 11 and, uh, it was 10-3, and three, yes. A couple of 10-3 and three seasons that we had but um those are some people i'm kind of looking at um uh, that i'd be like that could fit hugh freeze i think could fit ed ogeron for sure everybody would go nuts jay uh, johnson offensive coordinator for michigan state i uh, see i didn't i haven't looked into him much um art Bryles, kendall yep. Bryles. um he, one thing Deion sanders would be an interesting spin. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? However, though, he's doing great at Jackson State. He is. However, that's an FCS program. It's very <laughs> different going from FCS 
two power five. Yeah, that's um, a big jump. So those those are like honorable mentions, like Kendall Browse, Art Browse, uh, Deion Sanders. I think it'd be really cool if we if we could pull off a Deion Sanders. What would hire. be the bigger party school at that point? Deion Sanders is your head coach, or Ed or- Ed Orgeron is your head? I coach? think they're I think they're they're they're, they're right, right neck and neck. They're, they're neck and neck. They've got because be. you've already got Bob Huggins there. Yeah, who, he's not a partier, but. Bob Huggins does like to hang out at the bar. You know, like yeah. imagine you walk into Morgantown and Edo and Bob Huggins are sitting at the bar together. God. Could you imagine? I, I wouldn't be able to understand the conversation. <laughs> no. Because uh, Bob Huggins is, yeah, well, we got to do this. We got to do that. And Huggy and, Bear. And then, and then Ed Ogeron is like, well, you know, and they just sit there. They understand each other perfectly. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Morgantown would not be standing if Ed Ogeron walked into there with. That would be bad. That, it'd be. Wild. I would love it. I would love every single second of juice it. Juice that would bring to Morgantown, like yeah. Deion Sanders or Ed Ozeron. Ed Ozeron, I think, is one of my favorite picks. Which if again, he just get rid of the baggage. Yeah, if he can get rid of you know the nineteen year olds in his bed. But anyway, <sighs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, and like it I gets said, it's cold up there in Morgantown, so it's like there's a lot of layers you got to go through. <laughs> Brother, <laughs> brother. Um, okay, I think that about wraps us up. <laughs> was that a little? Was that a little risque? Was that a little? That was dancing on a razor's edge here with that one. <laughs> razor's edge, like it. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think Neil Brown finishes out the year, and then I think, and I think they make a mistake by letting Neil Brown finish out the year, because, like you said, I think he goes seven and six or six and seven, and. Your athletic director keeps him on. Yeah, I I just man, and but one thing that really irks me, and then we'll end the show from here, is where is Neil Brown's fire? I I, I just I I don't non-existent. Like even when he is upset, it does not seem like, and maybe that's just me being used to Holgerson, where Holgerson was just all over the place. Yeah, but Neil Brown is so even killed. Now, granted, Dave Aranda is. And but God, Dave, Aranda, I love Dave Aranda again. Dave Aranda is another one that I can point to in his, his second year in the Big Twelve. He wins the championship after yeah. going two and ten. I would love Dave Miranda to come back to LSU. Oh yeah, but I mean, Brian Kelly's working out for us. Brian Kelly is working out so far. Um, one thing I think that has been one of my concerns as well is obviously I said Neil Brown's fire. Where like he never shows hardly any fire, even when he loses. You know, like, it's just like, I'm real disappointed in this team. Like, okay, disappointments only get you so far. Where's your fire? Where's the fire under your butt? Yeah, where's your, like, pedo, where's your PO'd yeah. with this team? Where's your, Or PO'd you know, just, with, just the, by the fact that you lost yeah. instead of saying, man, I'm, we'll get him next time. Yeah, that's, like, not a, like, that's not a winning attitude. Every, t- every time he loses, it's like, well, like this week, it's like, credit to Texas, they did a lot of things right that we didn't do wrong. Like, I can quote him. Like word for word, what he's going to say in those post game press conferences. Yeah. Like he sometimes he's too much worried about giving credit to the other team that he's not going to focus. You know, he's like, not going to focus on what West Virginia needs to do to improve. Exactly. Another thing that, last thing, one thing that I think that really upsets me about, um, or I was nervous about for Neil Brown, is what if he turns into a Bobby Bowden. Mm. Where Bobby Bowden gets fired at West Virginia and goes to Florida State and wins. Absolutely dominates. Absolutely dominates. Here's something I found interesting. Neil Brown currently is 19 and 22, or 19 and 21 
at West Virginia. Bobby Bowden was forty two and twenty nine or twenty forty two and twenty two, I think, was his was his record at West Virginia. So they fired a winning coach in Bobby Bowden in the seventies. Should have kept him on. Didn't. You made that massive mistake, you know. And of course that was administrations ago, year decades ago. But I don't think at this point because nobody's gonna nobody's gonna pick up Neil Brown after looking at his record. Now Nebraska maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think if Neil Brown Oof. at this point, I don't think it's an if. I think it's a win. Yeah, Neil Brown gets fired from West Virginia or leaves West Virginia. He's going to go back to a Group of Five school and not to a Power Five because he for sure he he would love to go to Kentucky, but he's not going to Kentucky. No, God, no, not. I mean, even I mean that's another name that you could. Mark Stoops, uh, they're not, I mean, he's staying. They're not, no, Mark Stoops is staying. Um, Kansas. Lance Leopold. Not Lance Leopold. Les Miles. Uh, uh, I understand. I get it. Uh-huh. I do. He won with another man's team. But he also made the national championship game with his own team. But Les Miles also, like, didn't do what, like, they, th- le- they thought... Kansas fans thought Les Miles was going to do what Lance Leopold has does. Yeah. But he didn't. He only won one game. No. So. I understand. I hear what you're, I hear what you're saying. I do. I mean, you, you, there are so many names that you could throw in that hat. Um, if you could convince Joe Lombardi to stop being the OC for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, yeah. Are, Matt Rule's another one. Matt Rule. Absolutely. Rule's Rules. Um, there, there's so many names that you can throw in that hat as possible West Virginia coaches. It's, it's going to be a tough decision to make, and there's going to be a lot of criticism either way. Yep. Saying who's this no name, and the no name wins, you know, twelve games in his first year, goes undefeated his first year. Yep. Or you could hire a Les Miles and Ed Orgeron a Deion Sanders, a big name who has had previous Power Five. Well, not Deion, but. Edo, Les Miles, uh, Dave Miranda, mm-hmm. or Dave Miranda. He's not going. He's not leaving. No, either. he's no. There's no way. But you could hire a big name like that, like yep. a Lincoln Riley, for instance. He's also not coming. To no West God, Virginia. no, no way. Um, not from USC. But you, you hear what I'm saying, though. No, I hear. You what could you're hire saying. a big name like that. Well, and granted, I know like four of the five that I just listed were LSU. <laughs> Coaches or offensive coordinators, Dave Miranda, please come back. Um, but anyway, um, but I think too is West Virginia, historically speaking, has done well. Neil Brown was the first head, first coach this step. No, Neil Brown was the first head coach. It was the first head coach hired at West Virginia that already had previous head coaching experience. The last guy yeah. was Frank Signetti, and that did not do Ooh. well. Um, Every other coach, Don Neal and Rich Rod and Dana Holgerson and Bill Stewart, they all were assistants that were hired, and those teams did well. So, historically speaking, West Virginia tends to do better with a first-time head coach than they did with a previous head coach. Fair enough. So, but with that, it's going to round out this episode. Brother. Dude. Dude. Um, dig it. Dig it. I am Owen Sapelnik in this Pit Viper special edition episode. My name's Cole Connor in this Pit Viper episode. And this has been The Panther Bond. Brother.